Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. This episode is less like a conversation and more like a concert. One of my favorite singer-songwriters and in fact people on the planet, David Wilcox, is joining us to talk a little bit about his views of relationship and of songwriting and of just making sense of the world. He even plays a song for us. I'm going to listen back with a pen because there's a lot of good wisdom here. I think you'll find it uh, worthwhile. Any of you that are new to Marriage Therapy Radio through David, uh, welcome to the podcast. You might want to follow us on Instagram at Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm going to put a link to a Spotify playlist that I made curated by my wife of some of our favorite marriage songs that David has written and performed for us over the years. And uh, But for now, it's a very cool conversation. Stick around. Laura, this is David. David, this is Laura. Nice Hi, Laura. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> um, Laura's new to David's music. I, I sent it to you last week, but um, I guess, what was it? Maybe 30 years ago, I was trying to figure it out today. I found out of you in a summer camp in Mentone, Alabama, Alpine Camp for Boys. Have you ever heard of Alpine Camp for Boys? I've been to Mentone, Alabama. And you have a familiar, my brother worked at some camp that you're connected to in North Carolina, which is what? Rockmont. Like Rock, Rockmont, yeah. Anyway, Wait, so, so you, where where are you located, David? Where are you at Asheville, right now? Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, nice. Awesome. How about you? I'm in Bend, Oregon. Bend, Just the middle, Oregon. the middle of Oregon. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice place to be. Sure. We like it. As long yeah, as it's so then a fire. few That's years right. ago, I guess, you were writing custom songs. And I was like, you know who loves my who loves David Wilcox is my wife. Um, and in part because a lot of your songs are about marriage and about stories. You played one for us. I don't know if we recorded it or not, but we'll find out here. You can play it again if you like. Pretty long. Yeah, probably. Um, but tell us just for a second, David, t- tell me and Laura who who you are, what you're about. Like, I'd love to hear what you what how you describe yourself. <laughs> okay, give me a second. What I'm about, how would I describe myself? Hmm. I think I I come alive most when I am feeling like I get to be useful, like a catalyst in a conversation that inspires someone to reframe something or see something differently. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I have always loved those kind of conversations where we come away changed. So, um, you know, my dad was a psychologist and I thought that was a dignified uh, thing to try and help people <laughs> sort out their stuff. But um, I thought uh, that for me, I, I, I didn't have the kind of personality that was confident jumping into other people's lives. But the one place that I found that confidence was in a sort of a, a journaling process. But it wasn't just words in a journal. My journaling process involves opening my heart as if I'm sort of asking my, my deep intuition, is there something I should know about the road ahead, about my life ahead? Is there something I need to say to someone in my life? Is there something I need to admit to myself? Is there a place that I'm stuck or a place that I'm caught? These questions I ask of my own heart. And when I said the, the, the way that I do this is to pretend that I'm a musician and pretend that I write songs, but that's not what I'm after. I don't want songs. I want life. And so I pretend that I'm writing a song, but all that does is it opens my heart and my imagination. And it gives me this practice of making a a well-worn path between my mind and my heart. Uh, so that when I need to open that communication between heart and mind to to navigate my life, I have access to levels of wisdom that uh, I wouldn't have otherwise. And it's not that I was advanced in all this heart stuff. The reason why I did this is because I did not have access to my heart at all. My family of origin it's just very up in the head. I've, I, I don't even know my brother. And we talk a lot. And he's funny and he's smart, but I don't really know what makes him tick. So uh, I come from a family that didn't really have access to their heart, didn't trust it. And I knew that the lives that run aground, the people that are really unhappy, are the people who somehow don't have a chart for their own sort of mystical arc of the story of their life. They, they're just kind of like reacting to stuff and not knowing what they really want. And so I needed to find my own sort of guidance. Um, so because I, f- I was sensitive to music, because I could feel a good song, I use music sort of like, you would use a Geiger counter to sense where there's radiation or a metal detector on the beach to sense where there's metal. But for me, it's like, where's the emotion in my life? Where's the soul in my life? I, I don't know, but the guitar does. Mm-hmm. And so if I pretend I'm writing a song and I find words that stir me to tears, if it's a sad song or make me laugh, it's a, if it's a funny song, I find gradually the discernment to know what I'm feeling, which is a taboo thing for guys to do. 
And so I think what my life is about is I have this weird sort of quiet revolution happening that I decided uh, it was probably the most revolutionary thing of all to find that I have the authority to, to, to go to my own heart. Like, you know, there are some people who can only access their heart with the aid of alcohol. And the, the people who sell alcohol like that a lot. But I say, uh, why not give yourself permission to, to navigate your life with your whole heart? So <clears throat> I, I, I do this in a way that to me feels revolutionary because if you know what makes you happy, suddenly you don't need to buy all the shit that they're trying to sell you. And if you're not buying the shit and making the gross national product more gross, then you have, you don't have to sell your life by the hour. And then you can work at what you love. And then it becomes this beautiful, spiraling, beautiful cycle of becoming more alive. And, you know, you have a smaller house and a bigger life and you, you learn to not be <clears throat> a puppet to the people imposing their ideas of what you need to do with your life because you have access to your own opinions. So to me, this feels like a revolution and it only feels that way because I came from such a, from a, a handicap from my family of origin. My whole family is medicated, depressed, hospitalized with depression, just completely out of touch with their own hearts. So to me, I just thought, do or die, I have to give myself permission to feel. And I use music for that excuse. Because if I sit down and say, no, how are you really? People say, you're fucking creepy. Get away from me. But if I say, <laughs> can I sing you a song? They say, yeah, sure. Why not? And the next thing you know, they're crying and they're saying, that happened to me. And suddenly we have a friendship. So I just think as a culture, we are less susceptible to being manipulated by the, 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 the marketing people if we know what makes us happy and have access to that. That's all. That's who I am. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's awesome. And we can stop now if you want, because I think we got everything. Right? Nailed it. No, so, so a couple years ago, you were writing custom songs. And I said, my wife, this, she would love this. And in part because uh, she has been, uh, curating your music for me for 30 years. And, and there's lots that you're writing about relationships, lots that you're writing about marriages. And um, yeah. just listening to you talk right now, I wonder why that captures you. I mean, it's maybe it's obvious, but you, you know, you've written about a whole lot of things, but I sent Laura a list of, I don't know, eight or 10 songs that are just at the heart of what we talk about every, every day. And I wonder what uh -huh. you, why that wakes you up or what, what you, what you can tell us about that. Um, well, I think that um, if I look at the places in my life where I was stuck and frustrated, it's usually because I'm not questioning some assumptions that are very dubious. So a reframe of my assumptions can really rock my world and, and make it so that my effort is affectatious. That's not the word. What's, what's the word for it actually works? Uh, anyway, affect something anyway, but anyway, um, so what I love, for example, is 
30 some years ago when Nance and I were not even married yet. We'd just known each other for a little while. Um, we discovered we were reading the same book. It was a, a Jungian guy named Robert Johnson who had written this book called We, Understanding the Psychology of Romantic Love. And it was a book that uh, we were surprised to find out we were both reading because we were basically sick of how we were getting duped by, in my opinion, bad love songs, love songs that mm. just give you bad advice. Uh, you know, because if you grow up listening to songs like, I'm going to make you love me. Ooh, yes, I will. No, you won't, actually. <laughs> and so when you start out with bad directions, it's really hard to get where you really want to go. So we were both reading this book that was sort of uh, uh, hacking those ingrained myths of you know, having another person fulfill your sense of self-identity. Mm -hmm. And when I wrote about that in songs, I wrote about it like, uh, imagine you're trying to get into a club and someone's walking out and they have a stamp on their wrist and you say, hey man, try to just see if you can get that to rub off on me. Can you get into the club? Can you get into the realm of the self-actualized by just being next to somebody? No. They just say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so, you know, what I discovered is that's the myth of romantic love. That's the myth of like, you know, the the prince who's going to suddenly ride you off to the castle. Uh, your life doesn't get fixed by somebody else. And Nance and I were both reading this. So we decided we were going to be like the stewards of our own growth and we were going to be um sort of respectful of the other person's soul even more than like what they're doing for me like we're here to nurture each other's like personal happiness not try to uh, sort of fill up their empty heart and so when we were first getting to know each other we went off to uh a Harville and Helen Hendricks workshop, that mm -hmm. Imago therapy stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was beautiful reframes because he was saying, oh, is your relationship difficult? Good. You probably found the right person. If your mm -hmm. relationship was smooth all the time, there'd be no reason for you to be together. And we went, what? And he said, yeah, we pick each other out of the thousands because we push each other's buttons because those buttons need to be pushed. And we thought, really? Oh, well, if you take that as an assumption, relationships become a whole lot easier to work on because you realize it's not that they're not working when it's difficult. It's that that's the work. So if that's what you signed up for, then when it happens, you just say, oh, let's stay in the boat. Let's kind of run this, you know, run this rapid. Mm -hmm. And running a rapid is a great, exciting thing. As long as you realize I decided to do this. The river didn't surprise me. This mm -hmm. is the river I got in. This is why I'm here. So let's do it right. You know, keep paddling, stay in the boat. <laughs> and uh, so with the reframes like that, we love to take all those challenges, the, the adversity uh, with that beautiful reframe of like, this is why we're here. And so 
there's always some new thing we're learning. We have lots of friends who say, hey, I've tried this, you know, like internal family systems, whatever. Um, we, we read up on it. We find a therapist. We, we do that. We learn the language and, uh, you know, nonviolent communication, all that stuff. It's just lovely to have all these beautiful uh, frontiers of ways of uh, getting more tools uh, for when things are tough. But even more than the tools, I think what I love most about uh, the people who have written all this inspiring literature about relationships is uh, the reframe of making the difficulty like the fun part. It's like when you go camping and it rains, mm -hmm. you know, you have to remind yourself, okay, the sound of the rain on the tent, like this is the best part. This is the memory that we'll keep. This is like, that's the whole point of going camping. And, uh, <laughs> and as long as you have that attitude, then it's all really fun. And then the sense of humor can come back. So like 25 years ago, I had this thing in, in our relationship where I felt really scared about like the demands of the relationship on my professional life. And I would get all freaked out about like, you know, uh, we'd have an agreement. Like when we first got in this relationship, Nance said, I can be in a relationship with a traveling musician, but you have to be home more than half the time. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And so there would be opportunities, you know, last minute, oh, you could be part of the so-and-so festival playing main stage. And I'd say to my manager, ah, I wish I could, but we've already got 15 gigs booked this month. I can't do another. And so that kind of holding that line, because what I wanted was not more songs. What I wanted was more life. I wanted a relationship to mm -hmm. feel as good as a good song. So I had to sort of have that kind of reminder about it's not the music that I'm after. Music is just my teacher. But there were times when there would be some opportunity and it would like, totally make me forget all that. And I would say, Oh, I got to go do this. It's so important. Now's the time. And I would feel like the constraints of the relationship on my professional life scared me as if like, she's trying to take away my music. And so once I admitted that that's what I was feeling and I admitted it with a sense of humor, I said, I know this is crazy, but this is what I'm feeling. So then the next time it happens, she would give me this smile, this little devilish glint in her eye. And she'd say, by the way, I am trying to kill you and take away your music. <laughs> and I'd say, I know, right? <laughs> and we both laugh and it would disarm that amygdala brainstem reaction. And I would suddenly realize this woman is on my side. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage 
all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And so that kind of sidestepping instead of, it's the Aikido move, the emotional Aikido. Like when something's coming at you, learn how to say, why is this not coming from them, but coming from me? How is this me talking to me and not just the situation? So all that kind of curiosity, that reframe, basically what I love about all the literature of relationships is it makes the whole process fun. It makes the whole process like, oh, this is cool. It's like, why would you go to a class five rapids river? It's more fun. You know, (laughs) why would you get with somebody who pushes all your buttons? Because why have all that vulnerability to your own insanity. Why not learn how to get around it with the help of someone who knows exactly which button to push when? That's exactly why you found them. So because of the reframes, we really enjoy the whole process. And it's, it's really, it's gotten so fun and it keeps getting more fun all these years later. So I feel like I, I'm just getting like supervision, <laughs> like I'm just, uh-huh. just, just download, like, download into therapy, my brain therapeutic here. Supervision. Um, yeah, I know. Um, can I ask some questions? Because, of course. you know, like as you're talking, you're using language like emotional keto, like all of this stuff. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're so well read. I can tell. Um, but the thing that came to me was thinking about how you have, okay. So you said something like opening between the mind and the heart yes, and, um, giving myself permission to feel. Mm. And I'm thinking about you and Zach as being very similar when it comes to how you take your insides and put them outside and using your guitar as an excuse to feel and Zach using his pen as an excuse to feel. And like, he has a way with words And I'm just kind of feeling a little left out. And I'm wondering, Zach, like your thoughts, because I'm trying to think about how do we help listeners to be able to connect their mind and their heart in a way and using something to be able to, I don't know, move it. I kind of feel like maybe being physical for me is a way to do that. Like getting outdoors or moving my body is sort of a way that I connect. Um, But I'm just kind of wondering if there's like some ideas that we might be able to help listeners to be able to connect. The invitation to think about like uh, a lot of people do that with alcohol and the people who love to sell mm-hmm. alcohol love that for them. But there's, I, you know, there's dozens of other things on the list too. Right. I mean, I think what's really important is for people to figure out what it is that's keeping them uh, what it is that they're using to feel awake. Mm-hmm. And is that feel alive? Actually, and is that actually effective? Is that actually healthy for them? Alcohol mm-hmm. is a really good example of where sometimes it is. Most of the times it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is, but so is work and so is exercise. And so is, um, and so I guess part of it is just thinking through um, the piece that I like about what you're serving up, David, is just this idea that sometimes the thing that you are looking for is, is right under your nose and it might be hiding there. Yeah. Like, it's not like, it's not obvious, but it's close. Um, and maybe that's because you just kind of like to hum tunes every now and again, or maybe because you like to, um, I don't know. I, I think I write down, I have a little notebook. I write down everything that comes across my head that I think, Oh, maybe one day I can talk about that somewhere. But um, I think just the idea that even, even if it's in your spouse, the thing that, that 
is going to bring you alive might be hiding in them somewhere versus annoying the crap out of you all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I loved your question about uh, in order to not feel left out, give me some examples of how you get that communication going between heart Mm -hmm. and mind, how you Mm -hmm. get permission to do that. Mm -hmm. And I really think, especially with guys, it's a permission thing. And I think the, the fun way to, to talk about it with guys is to talk about it as if uh, it is like a life hack, as if it's like a, 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 an empowerment sort of like a crude example is like 30 years ago, there was expensive cable, but if you wanted to get a satellite disc, you could get your information right from the satellite and, you know, you could just take it and not pay the cable company. <laughs> to me, that it sold a lot of satellite dishes because people thought I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to get through to what I need without a middleman. Okay. So that kind of attitude applied to our own hearts would be sort of language that guys would understand because it's not all like, you know, like scary and vulnerable and feminine. It's more like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a life hack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love, it's empowering. Yeah. I love that yeah. reframe of like, uh, are you going to let, somebody, uh, you know, make you pay them every time you want access to your own heart. Are you going to just be a puppet to that? Um, and, uh, once I was playing at a festival and I got the worst introduction ever (laughs) and kind of the best introduction ever. Zach, you better nail the introduction, by the way, before this podcast begins, we usually do the intro before, but Uh if you screw it up, just know. (laughs) But the the worst introduction was this guy was saying, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I know some of us feel a little awkward when we have to like talk about our feelings. Sometimes we have to have a few beers. Sometimes we have to have a lot of beers, but this next performer, he does it stone cold sober. Ladies and gentlemen, David Wilcox. (laughs) I walked out on stage thinking, really? You think you don't have permission to talk to your own heart? You fucking wimp. (laughs) I just saw it, you know, he was seeing it as macho to not have access to your emotions. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing it as completely chicken shit Mm -hmm. to not venture in there. What are you afraid of? It's your own heart. Mm -hmm. Come on. (laughs) I love it. I think if anybody walks away from this episode, this idea of rethink reframe is, is really powerful because I think we get stuck in, like your like your guy who introduced you and this idea that this is how it is and yeah. that is how it is yeah. and until they get it reframed you know often they can feel hopeless you you said that you'd play it for us um mm-hmm. would you play this song um start with the ending the one that uh that mm-hmm. actually does reframe the whole bit um Wait, certainly i was talking to a friend last night i was telling him that you and i were going to speak today and he tried singing it to me on the uh, like over the phone and i was like oh matt 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 don't don't don't, don't. <laughs> so, this is a this is a gift to matt secret of a happy marriage <laughs> 
Maybe you should write this down. Wanna keep on love together? The best way is to end it now. Cause when you both know it's over, suddenly the truth comes out. You can talk about your secret passion. You can talk about your restless doubt. When there's no pretending, the truth is safe to say. Start with the ending, get it out of the way. Now there's no defending, no one has to win. We start with the ending, it's the best way to begin. To begin. Start with the ending. Why? Cause after you've both decided you were missing something that you need, the ways you were too short-sighted get easier for you to see. And after all the expectations shatter on the kitchen floor, you just see another human suffering. Wonder what the war was for When there's no pretending The truth is safe to say Start with the ending Get it out of the way Now there's no defending No one has to win Start with the ending It's the best way to begin Happy anniversary, darling. We go back a long, long time. I think about our lives together. I'm so grateful you are here in mine. I know you'll keep on changing. You're moving in this dance with me. I love the way we embrace the future. Keep the past a memory. So there's no the old ways could remain we start with the ending things will never be the same now there's no defending no one has to win start with the ending it's the best way to begin to begin Instead of trying to make a good impression on a first date, maybe have the kind of conversation that most people would only have after they'd been broken up for years. The kind of conversation where there's nothing to hide. There's no reason to hide it. You know they deserve better than your usual tricks. Tell them the truth. It's the best way to begin. Yes. I was just thinking what a treat it is that I always love um, 
discovering new musicians. And I, I'm guessing that our audience had no idea they were going to discover you today. It's oh. very cool. What are you doing now, David? What's uh, what's next for you? I mean, we're we're kind of getting ready to come out of this uh, sort of stuck at home piece. What's what's on the agenda for you? It is a fascinating mixture of uh, emotion. Um, I have really loved the time at home. I have loved the the garden. The you know we were potted up with our neighbors and. Uh, we had meals together and I, I have really found a beautiful rhythm of, you know, cooking every meal. Uh, I've gotten to be a great cook. Um, and I've planted gardens before, but I haven't really seen them come in, mm. you know? And uh, so it has been a realization of all that I have missed. Um, and nurturing friendships, a lot of friends who kind of were a little hesitant at first, like, oh, now you've got time for me. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, a lot of time. <laughs> and, uh, so I have loved it. I've written more songs, better songs. Um, and I have really deepened a lot of friendships. And so now that there's a chance that we could come back to doing gigs. I just did a week's worth of gigs and had a nice little drive around the freeways of America up to Maine and back. And that was lovely. Nice. nice. But, um, I, I discovered that um, there is a part of me that really loves to shine and a part of me that loves the, um, the fact that when I'm playing music, every decision all day long matters. Like what I have for breakfast affects how good that evening show is going to be. Uh, what I listen to, what I read, everything matters. Mm -hmm. Whereas in civilian life, I can be operating at 40% and nobody knows because nothing requires all of my facilities except music. You know, like if I was a Formula One driver, you know, it would be like, oh, I have to have this incredible mental agility. And you could tell if I lost it for a second because you you slide <laughs> off the track. But, you know, normal like conversations and emails and driving and everything. It doesn't have that kind of time sensitive factor to it. So uh, if I'm a little slow, I just take a little longer on the email and nobody knows. Mm -hmm. But playing music. It's so satisfying because everything matters and therefore everything is instilled with purpose. Mm -hmm. Playing music becomes part of being, I mean, having a good, healthy breakfast becomes part of being a musician. It becomes instilled with purpose. So that's a beautiful thing. But the other side of that, the shadow side of that is that there is a kind of a performance mentality that I slip into that I become aware of how I appear, um, how I appear in my singing, how I appear in my posture, how I appear in my, uh, my songwriting. It, it sort of nurtures my ego 
and the ego can have kind of an algae bloom that can kill off my spirit. (laughs) So what has happened during the pandemic is that I have had a severe ego diet. I don't go into that place where I'm always thinking about how will this affect how I look, how I sing, how I Mm. show up. Uh, And because of that, um, I have had to experience these kind of haunting questions like, who am I if I don't do that? Mm. And at first it felt like a free fall. Like I don't have this thing that I always was. And the surprising part was the free fall lasted a little while. And then I landed in a place that felt more soulful and connected and sustainable. And it's sort of the opposite of like looking at my Facebook followers. It's sort of the opposite of like, how many records did I sell? It's more like, how is it actually being in my body and breathing and seeing what I'm seeing and saying what I'm saying and being with the people that I'm with and nurturing everything in my life? And uh, so it becomes more connected. I start to realize that like a boat in the water, we all have a wake, an emotional wake that jostles everyone in our proximity. And what I am thinking matters. It's not performance because I'm not there anymore. This is just how I affect everyone else's life for their sake, not mine. Mm -hmm. And that has become a complete shift in how I think about what I'm doing here. Uh, And actually it's less about doing, (laughs) it's more about um, how am I nurturing the people around me for their sake? So um, going back is not what I want to do. I want to go forward and keep what I have learned from this pandemic. And, uh, uh, it has been a lovely time and I'm, I feel grateful that I had sort of that kind of near death experience, at least from the ego's point of view. <laughs> it's funny. I, I think Laura, just so you know, like I'm feeling a little bit left out too in this way, which is I, I there's so much profound wisdom here. And it's so in this way, I was like, David, what are you doing next? And this is the part where podcast guests go, well, I'm going on tour and da, 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 and you can yeah. find me on davidwilcox.com. And then I'm doing, right, this right. And, you know, and then I get this like lecture, but I think that there's something really powerful about it in this way. Um, when you were visiting with us a few years ago, Abby asked you how, how, how she should learn to play a guitar. Do you remember what you told her? I probably told her something about open tunings and and time to dream. No, you didn't at all. In fact, the answer you gave her was one that I've used with my clients all the time. And I think it's, it's probably what it is at the heart of what you're describing, but you said, pick a song that you love, pick a song that you love yeah. and learn how to play that song. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't do chords. Don't do yeah. open tunings. Don't yeah. do like, just yeah. find a song that you love. And then as you play that song, you'll learn how to play the guitar. Yeah. And it's sort of what I think, doing relationship right is about like pick a relationship that you love and do that. And then maybe you get to learn how to do connecting your heart to your mind, get Mm. emotional intelligence, a keto, all that stuff. So for those of you 
who are maybe like me and who are feeling a little bit uh, like you're drinking from the fire hose today. Just, right? just I know. find the relationship that you love and do it. Just do that and do it with, uh, with the kind of intention that lets you gain access to some of these things that David is describing. That's my, uh, that's my takeaway for today. I think my takeaway is going back to giving yourself permission to connect your heart to your mind and thinking for myself, like, what is it that's going to allow me to do that? And just becoming more mindful of, am I thinking right now? Am I very cerebral? Am I allowing myself to open my heart up? And just being, I think, more cognitive of when those moments happen naturally. And when they do happen naturally, giving myself more opportunity to do that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, listen, thank you again for coming and talking to us. Um, well, how I'm can, going to make sure people find David. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, any Google search will take you there. There are two David Wilcoxes. One of them is Canadian and about 10 years older than me. And uh, definitely not as handsome. Definitely not. And then uh, there's the davidwilcox.com. Uh, but if you just Google American songwriter David Wilcox, that'll get you there. There's. Uh, um, there's all kinds of YouTubes and stuff. So, um, yeah. Mary, my other daughter got straight to the point. She looked at David and said, are you famous? Mm-hmm. And David yes, said, I am. well, yes and no. Uh, in folk music, I'm famous, but outside mm-hmm. folk music, I'm nobody. <laughs> so I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna take I love it. it. I love it. Um, well, very cool. Thank you so much, David. And um, it was a pleasure talking to you. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely make sure people know how to find you. Thank you. I love uh, your um, outreach and sense of community building and uh, helping to stir up conversations about this and welcoming people into this adventure of relationship. Uh, it's, it's, it makes life juicy. All right, Laura, say it. All right, let's land this plane. Okay, <laughs> we'll see it. Okay, that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Laura went uh, into the woods before she recorded her outro, so you're stuck with me today. So I will remind you to check out David's music on Spotify or all the other places where music can be found. I'll put a Spotify playlist in uh, Instagram. Don't forget to check us out there, Marriage Therapy Radio. Um, And again, I'll thank you for listening and I'll thank you for all the time and attention putting into your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. See ya. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.